Okay, turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Exodus chapter 33, verse 18. That's our foundational text. Exodus chapter 33, verse 18. Are you there? Exodus chapter 33 verse 18. I read. This is Moses speaking to God. He said, and he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. And we are blessed by the reading of God's word. I am continuing with my series that I have been doing titled, Show Me Your Glory. And this is part three. Show me your glory, and this is part three. Please understand that the devil's number one strategy is to steal the glory of God over your life. If there's anything the devil is coming for, all he wants is the glory of God. What you need to understand, that's what the Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 3 verse 23. It says, for all have sinned and fallen short of what? The glory. For all have sinned. So the moment we sin, we fell from glory. So that means from day one, we were in glory. We were in the glory of God. God made us in the fullness of his glory. When Adam and Eve were in the garden, they were operating in the glory of God. They were operating in the glory of God. That's why it's so important for us to go back to where we began. Adam and Eve operated in the glory zone. They were clothed with glory. That's why the Bible says that even though they were naked, they could not see each other's nakedness. Why? Because they were covered with the glory. They were covered with the glory. So it's important for us as children of God to understand the plan and the works of the enemy and to always be alert. The Bible says we are not ignorant of the devices of the devil. We are not ignorant of the devices of the devil. So the moment we sin, we fell from glory. Now I want you to notice something. When we sin, we did not fall from prosperity. When we sin, we did not fall from sickness. When we sin, we did not fall from any other thing but the glory. Are you following what I'm saying? When we sinned, we fell from what? From glory. The moment man sinned, we fell short of the glory of God. So when Jesus came, all he was doing was to restore us back to the glory. To restore us back to where we were from the beginning. That's why the Bible says in John 10.10, 10, it says, The thief cometh not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. What is he trying to steal? What is it trying to destroy? What is it trying to, to, to kill? The glory. The glory. That's all he's coming for. That's all he's coming for. Like I said last week, I said the devil from the very beginning has always wanted the glory of God. 
But thank God the Bible says Jesus came to give us life and to give us life in abundance. To give us life in what? In abundance. That means to give us life in the fullness of God's glory. Hallelujah. That life is called the Zoe life, the life of God. It's a life free of sickness. It's a life free of depression. It's a life free of frustration. That is the kind of life God is bringing you into. Let me hear a living amen. Oh, let me hear a living amen. So the devil knew from day one that Jesus wanted to restore the glory. So what he did was to try and do the same thing he did to Jesus, do the same thing he did to Adam and Eve in the garden to Jesus. I want you to follow me. Don't be distracted. Follow me. Amen. amen. Today is your day. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. I said today is your day. Amen. After today you will experience the glory of God in the name of Jesus. Amen. So the devil knew very well that Jesus came to restore the glory man lost in the garden. So guess what? When he came to tempt Jesus in Matthew chapter 4, he came to offer him the glory he stole from Adam and Eve. I want you to follow me. So turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Matthew chapter 4. Can we limit the walking please, if possible, please? Turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 4 from verse 8 to 10. I want you to follow me very, very carefully. Matthew chapter 4 from verse 8 to 10. Now, you know what the devil came for in the garden, didn't you? What did he go and steal? What did he go and steal? The glory. The glory that God gave man, that was what the devil went for. Remember that carefully. Now, Jesus is the second and the last Adam. Jesus is the second and the what? The last Adam. So the only way the devil can succeed by finally having that glory is to play the same trick he played on Adam, on Jesus. Follow me carefully. Now Matthew chapter 4 from verse 8 to 10. The Bible says that again the devil taken him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. What did the devil show Jesus? All the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. Now, now the devil forgot that Jesus is the creator of the heavens and the earth. You can't offer me what I already have. Jesus already had the kingdom. Jesus already had the glory, so the devil could not offer him glory. Now you can't offer me what I already have. Jesus is the owner of the glory. He is the owner of the kingdoms of the earth. He is the king of kings and the lord of lords. So now the devil, forgetting that, came to Jesus and showed him all the kingdoms and said, if, if, if you bow to me, I will give you all the kingdoms of the world, Plus the glory. 
Somebody say with me, you can't give me what I already have. Oh, say it again. You can't give me what I already have. Listen, anything the devil is trying to offer you, you already have it. I said you already have it. I said you already have it. Whatever he's trying to give you, you already have it. So you don't need it. And what you have is more of a better quality. Hallelujah. Verse 9, the Bible says that, And Jesus said unto him, All these things, no, the devil said, All these things I'll give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. He's looking for the glory. He knows that glory and worship goes together. That's why when we worship God, the glory comes down. The Bible says that when the priests, the instrumentalists, the choir, the singers, they were all with one accord and they worshiped God, the glory of God came down. And after today, the glory of God is coming down in this church in the mighty name of Jesus. Verse 10, the Bible says that, and Jesus said unto him, get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him alone shalt thou serve. So we already have what the devil is trying to offer us. Because there is nothing good in the devil. There is nothing good he can offer you. Amen. Whatever he offers you comes with a price. And it's a very heavy price. Please hear me. The death and the resurrection of Jesus restored us back to our original state of glory. That's how you need to now begin to think. The moment Jesus died and resurrected triumphantly on the third day, you were automatically as a believer restored back to your original glory. You said, Pastor How, Revelation chapter 5 verse 12. Revelation chapter 5 verse 12. Let's start from verse 11. The Bible says that, and behold, and I beheld and I heard the song of many angels round about the throne. Talking about the throne of God. And the beast and the elders and the number of them were 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. That's what solution is going to be. Oh, let me hear a living amen. amen. We are going to be 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands upon thousands. Can I hear a living amen? amen? Verse 12, the Bible says, listen to what they were saying. They said, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive number one, what? Power. Number two, what? Praises. Number three, what? Number four, what? Number five, what? Number six, what? Number six, what? Number six, what? And then number seven, what? So the moment Jesus died and resurrected triumphantly on the third day, all these seven blessings were accrued into your account. Somebody say, I have it. Oh, somebody say, I have it. But now, in as much as you have it, the only way you can draw upon it is your knowledge of what you have. Have you noticed that when you go to the cash point, you are able, only able to withdraw what you know you have in your account? Are you following what I'm saying? 
Now, if you have 10 million pounds in your bank account and you don't know it, when you go to your cash point, you only redraw 10 pounds. Why? Your knowledge informs your decision. Your knowledge informs your behavior. Now, this is the challenge in the body of Christ. Many Christians don't know who they are. They don't know what they have. They don't know where they are seated. That's why the devil keeps buffeting them. Are you following what I'm saying? Now, we have all these seven blessings accrued to our account. Number one, when Jesus was slain, the angels, the beasts, or the elders, thousands upon thousands, tens of thousands upon thousands, they were shouting, they were shouting and singing with a loud voice saying, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive what? Power. To receive riches. To receive wisdom. To receive strength. To receive honor. To receive glory. And to receive blessing. So all these seven blessings you have. That's why I always say I can never be poor. Never. Because I already have it before I showed up. I am strong. I can never be weak. I already have strength before I showed up. Are you following what I'm saying? I can never, never be poor. I can never walk in lack of understanding and lack of wisdom. Because I had it before I showed up. But you need the right instrument to access all of this. And it's called faith. Amen. That's why Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. It says, but whosoever comes to God must believe that God is. And God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So every time you come to God in faith, he rewards your faith. Amen. And today God will reward your faith. Amen. I said today God will reward your faith. Amen. That's why Jesus said in Matthew chapter 9 verse 29. He said be done unto you according to your faith. Yes, according to your faith. Yes. Without faith you can't please God. Without faith you can't receive these seven blessings. You need faith to receive them. It's, as I'm speaking now, there are millions of radioactive frequencies going on in this room. Millions or billions. Now, you can't hear them doesn't mean they don't exist. Are you following what I'm saying? The fact that you can't hear them doesn't mean they don't exist. Why? To be able to hear them, you need the right equipment. You need a radio, you need a whatever. You need a radio set to be able to tune into the frequency to hear what they are saying. It's the same way when it comes to God. The reason why you haven't received it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Are you following what I'm saying? The reason why you, are, you haven't seen the actualization of the riches, the actualization of the glory, the actualization of the blessing, the actualization of strength, the actualization of power does not mean it doesn't exist. It exists, but you haven't used the right equipment to tune in and receive everything that belongs to you. I am more powerful than all the witnesses.
witches in the world put together. All the witches in the world put together. No witch can come near me because I have power. I am above them. I said I am above them. And you are above them. Some of you here, you are scared of going back to your village because of witches and wizards. You're scared. I said, Pastor, I can't go to my village because of witches. You are a Christian. You don't know what you have. So witches are playing on your ignorance. There was this time I went to Tesco late at night. I got when I was coming out. I saw a witch coming in. When she saw me eyeball to eyeball, she went, she went back, she went out because light and darkness cannot dwell together. Are you following what I'm saying? Glory be to God. Somebody says, oh, in my village or where I come from, you can't build a story building. Minus me. I will build a hundred story building longer than the one in Dubai and you will see it with your own eyes. Glory be to God because I know what I have in my bank account. I am going to use it now, not when I'm dead. When I'm dead, I don't need power. I don't need riches. I don't need wisdom. I don't need strength. I don't need honor. I don't need glory. Neither do I need blessing. When I'm dead, I don't need all these things. I need them when? Now. When do you need them? Now. Do you want them? Yes. Do you want them? Yes. Solution, do you want them? Yes. They are yours. Someone will say, oh, pastor, when I'm rich, they'll criticize me. Well, let them criticize you. There are no poor people in this church. I said there are no poor people in this church, including you. You are not poor. And somebody will say, oh, pastor, oh, as for me, I just want to be poor. No, you are not poor. You are not poor. First Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. Read it for yourself and know who you are and know what you have in Christ Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 8 verse 9. 2 Corinthians 8 9. Go to 2 Corinthians 8 9. It says, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet for your Yet for your sake, he became what? He became what? That you through his what? Might become what? Come on now. Come on now. Why don't you give Jesus some praise? I said give Jesus some praise. You are a rich man sitting. You are a rich woman sitting. You are fully loaded. Like a zinger meal, you are fully loaded. Glory be to God. Now somebody say, what is zinger meal? You say, all these people who go to KFC, they know what zinger meal is. Jesus paid for you so you don't have to be poor. I say, oh, 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 you know, pastor, ask for me. You know, I want no trouble. I just want to fly away. Oh, fly away. Oh, glory. Oh, fly away. No, you are not going to glory now. 
Praise God. You know, there are some songs we sing that we need to stop. Are you following what I'm saying? There are songs we sing that we need to stop. One of them is this song we've been singing in this church. Say bye-bye to my sorrow. Bye-bye. No, I don't have no sorrow. My pain. Bye-bye. I don't have no pain. My poverty. Bye-bye. I don't have no poverty. Do I look like I'm poor? That song, you don't sing this song in this church anymore. Because I am not poor. Praise God. You can sing it when I'm not here. But when I'm here, don't ever sing it. Okay, is it to my sorrow? I don't have no sorrow. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I have joy. No depression can survive around me. Hallelujah. Look at your faces. All smiles. I can see all your 30, 50. Praise God. So Christ purchased all of this for us. Now, please listen. Very important. We're getting deep now. After the cross, Christians need to now understand that we were called unto glory. Not we are going to. Now, this glory that we are talking about is not something we are going to see later. We are already in the glory. Now, somebody say, oh, but pastor, Moses, when he asked God to show him his glory, he saw smoke. He saw Thundering. No, you're not, you don't need to see that. That's Moses. You don't need to see that. He said, Pastor, if I don't see any cloud or, or, or smoke, that means there is no glory. Come on, my brother, my friend. That's not what we are talking about. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3 and 4, the Bible says that according as his divine power has given unto us how many things? All things that pertains to what? Life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory. The word called is past tense. You were called before you showed up. You were called unto glory before you showed up here on earth. Are you following what I'm saying? Now you are just awaiting discovery. You were called unto glory before you showed up. Not only were you called unto glory, you were also called unto virtue. Do you know what virtue means? It means honor. You are an an honorable woman, an honorable man. You are an honorable person. Glory be to God. Verse 4, it says, Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by this ye might be partakers of the divine nature. Oh, I love this. That we might become what? Partakers of the divine nature. What is this divine nature he's talking about? The glory. The nature of God is the nature of glory. He says that we might become partakers of the divine nature. When you are a partaker of the divine nature, that means you are immune to sickness and diseases. Are you following me? You are immune to mosquito bites. You are immune to malaria. You are immune to Ebola. You are immune to HIV AIDS. You are immune to cancer. You are immune to leukemia. Why? Because you are a partaker of the divine nature. Can cancer dwell in Jesus? 
Jesus? Can malaria kill Jesus? Are you following what I'm saying? So we, we are a we are partaker. What does it mean to be a partaker? A partaker means we are intertwined. We, we are intertwined. When you separate her blood from my blood, you can't see no difference. We are the same. She's my wife. That's why I can't hold her. I can't hold no woman like that. In the Praise God. Are you following what I'm saying? We are partakers. We are partakers. What she had, I have. What Jesus have, I have. The Bible says we are heirs. We are joint heirs with Christ Jesus. We are joint as so what Jesus have, I have. What Jesus can do, I can do. Are you following me, church? I'm a partaker. I'm part of the family. I'm part of the bloodline. We are the same. What God gave Jesus, he gave me. That's why the Bible says, we are seated together with Jesus where? In heavenly places. We are seated where together. Where you see Jesus, you see Adama. Where you see Jesus, you see solution. Why? We are seated together. That's why I'm not scared of death. I can't die. Say, who is this man? I can't die. Adam said, but you will never die. For your information, generations after me, many generations after me will still be hearing this voice because I can never die. I am a spirit being. When I go to bed, I sleep. The Bible says there is no enchantment or divination against Jacob. So it doesn't matter what enchantment you are doing anywhere. You are just wasting your time. Job 5.12. It says he frustrates the tokens, the plans of the wicked. He frustrates them. So they can form it. They can fashion it. It can't touch this one. Are you following what I'm saying? I said are you following what I'm saying? So we are partakers of the divine nature. Having escaped the corruption that is in this world through last. Somebody say I'm a partaker, I'm a partaker of the divine nature. Now look at something carefully for you to understand that we, we are not going to be called into glory. We are already called into glory. Romans chapter 8 from verse 28 it says and we know and we know that all things. How many things? How many things? Did it say we will know later? It says we what? We know in the present. We know now. We know now. Not we will know in the future. Not we knew in the past tense. We know. For we know that how many things? How many things? All things work together to them that love God. That is the key right there. Question, if things are not working, all things are not working for your good, the question you need to ask yourself is, do you love God? Because the only people who are qualified for all things to work together for their good is those who love God. Do you love God? 
Is there a matter of, yes. Do you really love God? Do you genuinely love God? If you love him, Jesus said to Peter, do you love me three times? The moment Jesus left, Peter went back fishing. If you love God, you will demonstrate your love. Love is not spoken. Love is demonstrated. Do you love God? Yes. Do you love God? Yes. Do you really, really love God? Yes. Serving in the house of God, are you memory and complaining? Why are they asking us to work? You don't love God. If you cannot read the Bible every day, you don't love God. If you don't pray every day, you don't love God. And so these are laws of my, no, no, no. No, Jesus said it. If you love me, you will obey my commandments. If you love God, you serve in the house of God. Praise God. If you love God, you will come to church on time. You're not saying amen now. You better say amen. Always coming to the house of God late. You say, oh, I love God. No, you don't love him. We don't love with lips. We love with deeds. I can't say I love my wife. And then when I go past the flower department of the superstore, I pretend as if I can't see it. Even though that flower will die in five days, it will cost me about 20 quid. I still need to buy it, man. I still need to buy it. See, but this still lasts for only five days. Why should I waste 20 pounds to, you know, praise God? You demonstrate your love. The Bible says, John 3, 16, for God so loved the wealth that he gave. The sign of your love for God is in your giving. Mm-hmm. I'm preaching now. I'm preaching real good. The sign of your love for God is in your what? Giving. Well, why is she talking about giving? I thought he's preaching on the glory. You are part of it. <laughs> giving is part of the glory. <laughs> it says, for all things work together for good for those who love. If you love God, you give. When it's time for giving, that will be an exciting moment. When you even come to church, after the offering has been taken, you still give. That's not a, a place to say, ah, thank God. They finished taking the offering. Oh, praise the Lord. I'm just going to come, eat, and go. No. When you love God, when you come, after the offering is taken, you still what? Give. I didn't come to church this morning for you to tell me about giving. Well, it's in the Bible. This is a holistic church. We preach everything. The Bible says, Romans 8, 28, for all things work together for good for them that love God, to them who are called, pastors according to his purpose. So, listen, you were called according to his purpose. Amen. I said you were called according to what? His purpose. Who determines the purpose of the thing is the manufacturer. The one who manufactures the thing is the one who determines the purpose of the thing. 
Are you following what I'm saying? Now, the one who manufactured this iPad determined its purpose. That is supposed to be used for the Bible. And, and for your information, the iPad was created for the Bible. Amen. For us to read our Bibles on it. That was what it was created for. Now, this pulpit was created for a purpose. It's not a dining table. So when I come and I start eating on it, what am I doing? I'm abusing and misusing it. I am not using it according to its purpose. Are you following what I'm saying? My wife was created for a purpose for me to love her. See, it's not a punching bag. Are you following what I'm saying? Neither is she supposed to be used any negative or bad words on her. She is made for a purpose and my responsibility is to go to the creator, the one who made her and find out what is her purpose. The car that you drive has five gears or six gears. If you drive it just on one gear from Red Hill to Manchester, your gear will be damaged. Everything created has a purpose. Question, have you discovered the purpose? Ask yourself why you are here. Why are you in this church? You are here for a purpose. You are not in departments to create trouble. You are here for a purpose. You are not created to create trouble. Why are you not saying amen? amen. Am I saying something wrong today? No. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. You were created for a purpose. Once you discover your purpose, you walk in joy. That's why my marriage is so joyous. Because I, I, I understood the purpose. My father married five women. If my father were to be alive today, he'll come and ask me, how are you doing it? I'm sure he would divorce four, four other women and marry one. Because you don't need five to give you the satisfaction of one. So as Solomon, Solomon married thousand. Thousand, he was confused. Confusion. Now, one one is very hard to manage. How much more? A thousand. Not not in my case. You know, in, in, in your case, <laughs> your one is difficult. <laughs> your one is difficult for you to manage. How much more? A thousand. <laughs> Praise God. Are you following what I'm saying? Yeah. Once you discover the purpose of a thing, you begin to enjoy it. So we are called according to his purpose. Verse 29, it says, for whom he did foreknew, he also did predestinate. Oh, we don't have time to go into detail. To be conformed to the image of his son, that we might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called, them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. Amen. Say amen to that. Amen. 
So you were glorified before you showed up. You were already in the glory. What brought separation between you and God was sin. The presence of sin causes the glory to depart. Causes us to fall short of the glory. So this glory that we are talking about is not something in the future. No, it's for now. You are already in it. You say, Pastor, you know what? Pastor, you don't know what I'm going through? Remember, it says all things work together for your good. Just love God. That situation will work for your good. Just love God. That sickness will work for your good. Just love God. That demotion will work for your good. That's why, that's why, that's why Job said it was good for me to be afflicted. It was good for me to be persecuted. Why? Because in the midst of the persecution, I discovered that God had better things in store for me. And I declare to you today's solution, God has better things in store for you. Let me hear a living amen. God has better things in store for you. It was good that your boss laid you off. Very soon you will be employing him. Very soon you will be owning that company. Very soon you will show them this is the doing of the Lord and it is marvelous in our eyes. It was good for the brothers of Joseph to sell him into slavery. The next thing he became the prime minister. I don't know who I'm speaking to today. You are going through persecution. You are going through challenges. Things are not working good right now. But a time is coming. You will look back and you say thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Because all things, not some things, all things. How many things? How many things? How many things? The good, the bad, the ugly, they all work together for your good. Hallelujah. That's what we have to understand. That we are already in the glory zone. And in the glory zone, there is no toiling. <laughs> there is no toiling in the glory zone. Therefore, I decree over you solution today, prophetically. Your days of toiling are over. Oh, let me hear a living amen. I said your days of toiling are over. Your days of struggling are over. Your days of hand to mouth are over. You are in a new season. And it's a season of experiencing the glory of God. God will move you from one level of glory to another level of glory. God will restore your joy. God will restore your dignity. God will restore your health. God will restore your family. God will restore everything that concerns you in the name of Jesus. Somebody say a big amen. Because all things work together. All things. You might have put me in prison, Potiphar's wife. It will work together for my good. Very soon you'll be taking instructions from me, Joseph. 
plant in your house. You might have kicked me out of your house. But very soon, that kicking me out of your house will work together for my good. Very soon, the very house you own, I will own it. Very soon, the very flat you are on, I will own it. Very soon, the very area you are in, I will own all of it. Why? Because all things work together for my good. Give Jesus some praise. It will work together for your good. Say amen. It will work together for your good. It doesn't matter where you are now. It will work together for your good. I said it to, this is a prophetic declaration. I said it will work together for your good. You might not understand the situation now, but it will work together for your good. You might not understand what God is doing now, but it will work together for your good. It will work for your good. It will work for your good. If God is in it, it will work for your good. If God is in his solution, it will work for our good. I said if God is in it, it will work for our good. If God is in it, it will work for our good. If God is in it, it will work for our good. If God is in it, it will work for our good. If God is in it, it will work for our good. He will never leave us nor forsake us. He will never leave me nor forsake me. He is too faithful. He can't fail me. He is too faithful. That's why David said, God will not allow the enemy to eat me up. He said, yet though I walk through the valleys of the shadows of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because God is with me. Somebody says, Lord, show me your glory. Let it be a prayer. Say, Lord, show me your glory. Solution, I decree prophetically, the glory of God has entered into this house. It's a new season of his glory. And when the glory shows up, you will not understand how God works. Just be still and know that he is God. Exodus 14, 14. Just be still and know that he is God. Listen, all the fights, all the battles, all the challenges you are going through is because you carry glory. I said, Pastor, I've been struggling with this health challenge. It's been going on for years because you carry glory. God will turn it around for your good. In the name of Jesus. Quickly, what is the glory? What is the glory? The glory of God is the splendor and the majesty of God. The glory of God, number two, is the manifest presence of the fullness of God. Number three, the glory of God is the weight of God. That's why when no man can stand when the glory sits on us or shows up. So it's so important for us to understand the glory. Moses had an encounter with the glory of God. And quickly, let's look at what we can learn from his encounter with the glory of God. Exodus chapter 24 from verse 12. 
Exodus chapter 24 from verse 12. I read, the Bible says that, and the Lord said unto Moses, come up to me into the mount. Now I want you to take note of that. You can't see the glory on the low levels. You can only experience a glory where God is. And God is high above every mountain. So God said to Moses, come to me, come up to me into the mount and be there and be there. You can't want to experience the glory of God and be rushing out from the presence of God. You have to learn to enjoy the presence of God. He said, and be there and I'll give thee these tables of stone and the law and the commandments which I have written that thou mayest teach them. That thou mayest teach them. This is why in this church we take time to teach the word because you can't experience the glory without the word. Remember 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18. It says, but we all with an open face, all of us with an open face beholding beholding as in a glass the glory of God. We are changed into the same image from glory to glory. So the only way you can experience the glory of God is by staying in the word. Staying in the word. Beholding the word. Same. James chapter 1 verse 25 it says that we must behold the word like in a mirror in a glass and be doers of the word and not be hearers only. Are you following me? So we stay in the word. You must love the word. You must enjoy the word. That's why we teach the word. You know, say, oh, oh, every time we come teaching, teaching, teaching. What else do you want? You want to see the glory? It's in the word. The glory is not in gymnastics. The glory is in the word. The glory is not in a man. The glory is in Christ Jesus. And the only way we can discover Christ is through the word. Verse 13 of Exodus 24. It says, and Moses rose up and his minister Joshua. And Moses went up into the mount of God. He went up into. I want you to take note of that. He went up into. Somebody is going to go up today. And they'll come into God. After today you'll be known as another man. You'll be known as another woman. When they see you, they'll see the glory of God over your life. In the name of Jesus. Why? Because you have had an encounter with God. No one ever comes into contact with Jesus and goes back the same. No one. No one. The woman with the issue of blood, she said, if I may but touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. In other words, no one ever comes to Jesus and goes back the same. Verse 14 of Exodus 24. It says, and he said unto the elders, tarry ye here for us until we come again unto you. And behold, Aaron and Er are with you. If any man have matters to do, let them come unto them. I love this. That means, now, in as much as we are praying and saying, Lord, show me your glory, it's not everyone that can see the glory. Because you're not ready to pay the price. 
So he said, you wait here. You wait down there. I am going to have an encounter with the glory. Anyone who tells you to stay home and not to come to church is not ready to see the glory. Anyone who draws you away from the things of God or from the house of God is not a partaker of the glory of God. They don't know what I'm looking for. They don't know what you are looking for. You are believing God for a deeper dimension of intimacy with him. But they are on a low level. They are down there. They, they, they go to the club. They drink. They do all kinds of things. They do everything they want. But as for you, your desire is different. You want to go higher. You want to know God more and more. Like Paul. Paul said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. My knowledge of God and your knowledge of God is different. We are not on the same level. That's why I can say certain things you can't say. Because my level, that's where some people can't come up either. They can't go to the next level. That's why you have to learn to drop some people without feeling guilty. Drop them because they are excess baggage drop them. They are not going where you are going. You are seeking for the glory. They are not looking for the glory. They are looking for some fake glory. Yeah. You are looking for the real glory. Yeah. And to have access to the glory, the real glory is going to cost you some friends. It's going to cost you some Facebook time. It's going to cost you some WhatsApp time. It's going to cost you some friends time because you, you, the only way you can, you can see the glory is to be by the glory. That's why Paul said, do not be deceived. Evil communication corrupts good manners. You might have good manners, but if you are around the wrong people, you will be corrupted. Stay away from glory stealers. Stay away from glory killers. Stay away from glory destroyers. Stay very far away from them. <laughs> Hello. Hi. You're all right. All right. I'll see you next week. That's all. That's how you relate to glory stealers, glory killers, glory destroyers. They are not in the circle of your friendship. Now, have you noticed Jesus called the 12 disciples, right? Jesus called the 12 disciples, right? But when Jesus was about to go into the Mount of Transfiguration, he didn't go with all the 12. He went with only three because the other nine can't handle the glory. They are not there yet. You can't say, oh, oh, Pastor, but I'm a very nice person. I just want everybody to be my friend. Really? Oh, oh, let them come to my bedroom. Oh, oh yeah, my friend, come to my bedroom. Come to my bedroom. Oh, sit on my bed. Eh? You are a woman. You are telling a man to sit on your bedroom in your bed. Eh? Eh? You are not scared. You are inviting the devil, the real devil, into your bedroom. When I was courting with my wife, courtship, I had one little room, one little room, small bed, small bed, small bed, small fridge, small TV, black and white. Sometimes 
it becomes color. You know, it moves from black and white to color depending on where you smack it. <laughs> if you smack it on the right, it will be color. You smack it on the left, it will be black and white. You smack it on the top, no, no, no TV today. <laughs> it's a TV you handle with care. Yeah, on my little bed. My wife never, my fiance then, never sat on my bed. Never. When she comes, she'll sit on the chair. Yeah. And my door will be open. Open. <laughs> open. <laughs> open. <laughs> open. Because, you know, wait, wait, wait. Have you seen negative and positive join together and they are okay before? When you join electricity, negative, who are, where are electricians? Do I have any like, engineers here? When you join negative and, and, and positive, what happened? Spark. I was positive. She was negative. <laughs> That's why the first day I hugged her, I felt a little quicker. Hey, what a shock. You know, from that day, no more hugging. When Sister Zama came, I said, Hello, sister. Bye. I'll see you later. No. She was not sitting on my bed. She was sitting on my chair. Yeah. Now we were, we, we knew where this thing was going. Marriage. We knew that this one is complete or marriage. But I wasn't going to allow anyone to steal the glory. Are you following me? That's why the glory of God is so evident in our marriage. It's not fake. You, you see, you can be in this church and cause your marriage or your relationship to struggle because you haven't received the revelation of what God has given you. Jesus was so anointed, yet in his own hometown, he couldn't do miracles. In your marriage, you can be fighting every day. Boom, ba, boom, ba, boom, ba. It's a pastor. Now, he said, Pastor, when you say, as for you, you don't fight, I can't understand it. You are, the reason why you can't understand it is because your experiences are different. And you want to use your experiences to judge my experiences. But my experiences come from the word. The Bible says, men, dwell with your wives according to knowledge. According to knowledge, that means my wife is a whole information system. She's a whole university I have to study. And I have to receive master's degree in this marriage. Now, have you not noticed that, do you think it's a coincidence when Jacob said to Laban, I will serve seven years for Leah. Do you think it was a coincidence? No. No. It was, it was not a coincidence. What is the most challenged institution on the surface of the earth today? Marriage. The reason why Jacob said I'll serve for seven years is because minimum it will take seven years to have an inkling, a clue about who this woman is. Minimum seven years. You think you know her. You don't know her. Minimum is seven years. And then in addition to the seven years, you have to have another more seven years. So if you are just one year, say, oh, you, haven't, you, don't, you are not there yet. 
You are not there yet. Minimum 14 years. I'm preaching. <laughs> Verse 15. Verse 15 of Exodus chapter 24. The Bible says, And Moses went up into the mount, and a cloud covered the mount. Verse 16. And the glory of the Lord abode upon Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days, and the seventh day he called unto Moses out of the midst of the cloud. The 17, the Bible says, and the sight of the glory of the Lord was like the devouring fire on top of the mount in the eyes of the children of Israel. And Moses went into the midst of the cloud and got him up into the mount. And Moses was in the mount 40 days and 40 nights. And you know the story. After Moses came out, the children of Israel could not see his face because he has entered into a different level of glory. After this month, some people cannot tolerate you. They can't stand you because you have experienced another level of glory. They can't handle you. They say, oh, who is this one? Why, why is he talking like that? Because you have experienced another level of glory another level and I pray for you that God will take you higher in Jesus name listen Moses could not see the glory but we live in the glory of God God made us to display his glory finally as we get ready to close the disciples of Jesus saw the glory Moses could not see they saw what Moses wanted to see remember Exodus 33 verse 18 Moses cried and said, Lord, show me what? Your glory. But in as much as Moses was asking God to show him his glory, Moses didn't see the glory. He did not see the glory. For you to understand this message in, in its entirety, you have to listen to the part one, part two, because it's a continuation. Amen. Now, this is a, a two-month message I'm compressing in one month. It's a two-month message. So, we need to run a bit quicker. Matthew chapter 17 from verse 1. We're getting ready to close now. Matthew chapter 17 from verse 1. Are you getting something out of yes. this? The Bible says that, and after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bringing them up into a, a high mountain apart. Now, can you see that anybody who wants to experience the glory, they have to go up. They have to go to another level. You can't stay on the same level and expect to see the glory. That's true. The Bible says that, and he was transfigured before them. That's the glory. And his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. There was no washing powder that could wash his clothes that white. That was the purest form of purity. When the glory of God comes upon you, everything around you becomes pure. Listen, I'm not teaching you theory here. I'm teaching you something that works. 
I remember when I gave my life to Christ a few years ago, or many years ago, I inherited a jacket from my grandfather, and somebody gave me a linen trouser that I sewed, and my sister gave me a, a brown shoe, I think it's similar to this one, and my brother gave me a, a shirt, which was a strap shirt with two pockets. That was all I had. And I used to go to the International Central Gospel Church. And there were two services then. I'll go to first service sometimes and go to second service because I only have one. One jacket, one trouser, one shoe, one shirt, and one tie. And I call it wash and wear. You know, you have to wear, wash your shirt and dry it and wear it. Now, some of you are blessed. Those of you who have clothes hanging on in your house on the floor, you are too blessed. You should not buy any more clothes. As I'm speaking now, there are some dresses, suits, jackets, shirts on the floor in your bedroom. You have too much. Your shoes. Ladies, I'm talking to you now. Ladies, you have too many shoes. There are some of the shoes you haven't worn for one year. Any shoe you haven't worn for six months, you don't need it. Any dress, any suit, any jacket, any shirt you haven't worn for more than six months, you don't need it. It belongs to someone else. Give it out. So some of you today, when you go home, you need to clear your, your cupboard or whatever you call it and go and give to a charity shop today. They say, oh, pastor, if I give out, I won't get more. The only way you receive is through giving. And don't be greedy. It's not a greedy church. Give to those who are in need. Amen? Amen. This month, as we're taking time to fast and pray, it's an opportunity to pray and ask God, who shall I bless this month? Who shall I bless this month? Don't be, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. Eh? God designed the human body to take in and release. It's in and out. Even your breathing. If it's just in, 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 you will survive. It's in and out. What you take in, you have to give out. Even the food you eat. If all you do is eat, 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 no giving out, you'll be bloated. There'll be a, a volcanic a, eruption. Boom. One day we hear, boom. <laughs> are, you, are you following what I'm saying? So you need to learn to give out. So now with that, with that, uh, oh, that's all I had. So one day I, re- I received the revelation of the glory. So I put my suit, my jacket, my trousers, everything on the bed because then you used to iron on the bed. I didn't know then you don't iron your jacket, you know. I wash it and iron it. I didn't know. Now don't laugh at me now. Uh, there was every, there's time for everything. So when I, when I was going to iron it, I laid my hands on it and prayed, Father, in the name of Jesus, let your glory come upon this jacket, this shirt, and this trouser. Trust me, when I went to church that day, 
my heaven house leader, we call it then covenant family. My covenant family leader saw me and said, oh, today I saw you wearing a new suit. And a new shoe. And a new trouser. But they don't know that it's the same one I've been wearing every Sunday for over two, three years. What made the difference was the glory. The glory of God came upon it. And even though it was old for me, in the eyes of him, it was new. That's what will happen for you from today. When the glory comes, it changes it changes the, the, the game plan. It changes everything. Trust me. I am not teaching you theory. I am teaching you something that has worked for me. That keeps working for me. And as you apply it, it will work for you. So the Bible says that, and he was transfigured before them. In other words, he was glorified before them. And his face did shine and like the sun. Now, there was nothing the Bible could compare this glory with. And the only way the Bible could get us to understand the level of glory that Jesus experienced was to show us the sun. It said, like the sun. No one can get close to the sun. You can't survive its brightness. Even sometimes right here when the sun is too hot, we complain, don't we? We complain that it's too hot. Now, can you imagine getting close to the sun? The glory was higher than the brightness of the sun. So the only thing God could use to describe this glory, it says that, and he was transfigured before them and his face did shine as the sun. Remember when Moses came back after 40 days and 40 nights, his face began to shine. And the children of Israel could not see his face. Now, when Jesus had the same encounter, he didn't cover his face with the glory. Sorry, he didn't cover his face with the cloth. Why? Because the glory that he had, he wants us also to experience the same level of glory. So verse 3, the Bible says that, And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elijah. Now, Moses was crying to God, Show me your glory. But Moses didn't see the glory in the Old Testament. God said, the only way I can show Moses my glory is to bring him into the new thing I'm doing. Is to bring him to the New Testament. On the Mount of Transfiguration, on the same Mount, Mount Sinai, the same Mount Moses had an encounter with God with, is the same Mount Jesus is being transfigured and guess who shows up? God said, Moses, come from the past into the future and let me show you what's about to happen. Follow me. Verse 4. The Bible says, Then Peter said unto Jesus, This is one thing I cannot understand about many Christians. Peter was taken up not to give Jesus an agenda. That's why many Christians cannot handle the top. We can't handle the top. Then Peter said, 
unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If thou will, let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elias. Who asked him to talk? Peter, who asked you to talk? There is a glory moment going on and Peter is in the flesh. Peter is in the flesh. He is carnal. Peter are those ones who always want to spoil the glory moment. There is an encounter going on. There is a visitation going on and Peter is talking. When he has not been asked to talk, some Christians cannot handle the talk. That's why God delays our blessing. It's not that God can't give you a house. It's not that God can't give you a car. He can give it to you. But he knows that the moment you get to the top, you start misbehaving. Question, can you handle the talk? You see church members, they walk into the church very broke, poor. And you teach them, pray with them, teach them, pray with them. And then God begins to bless them. And they become arrogant. Why? Because they can't handle the top. Question, can you handle the top? Can you handle it when the glory shows up? Are you going to be like Peter talking like a parrot? Blah, 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 blah. No, there are times you need to keep it, zip it, and shut it. And let God do his thing. Don't interrupt what God is doing. Nobody's hand is in what God is doing in this church. No man can say, I did this. No, this is the hand of God. This is the glory of God. This is God at work. Verse 5, the Bible says, while he was yet speaking, he was still talking. God interrupted his talking and said, shut it. You are talking too much. It says, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And behold, a voice out of the cloud said, This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their faces, and they were so afraid. Now, if you are in the flesh, you will be afraid of the glory. When you are in the flesh, you can't handle the glory. That's why I said, the only people who can handle the glory are those who are in the spirit. In the spirit. Carnality cannot show up in the glory zone. You've been doing things your own way. It's time for God to take over. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. Verse 7. And Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise, be not be afraid. I love verse 8. The Bible says that, and when they lifted up their eyes. They saw no man save Jesus only. Do you know what God is saying? The glory of Moses is past. The glory of Elisha is past. The glory of Elijah is past. There's only one glory now. And that is Jesus. Because once you see Jesus, you've seen the glory. Once you see Jesus, you have the glory. Once you have Jesus, you have the glory. 
Somebody said, oh, I want to experience what Moses experienced. No, what Moses experienced was a lower level of what Jesus showed us. That's why the Bible says we all with an open face beholding him as in the glass are changed from one level of glory to another. What will you do if all you have is Jesus? Elijah represents the prophets. What will you do without a prophet somewhere telling you, oh, it's your mother, it's your father, it's your brothers, it's this, it's that. But Jesus only. Some of us want more. Do you know it? you'll be shocked that some people don't only do Jesus in this church. They do Jesus and other things. Yeah? You'll be shocked if we say let's do an inspection now of what people are wearing underneath. They are wearing ammunition. They are wearing all kinds of things. They go from places. Some professional prophets that they've consulted. Some people have things here, there, there. Says my love charm. That's rubbish. I need to let my, my husband love me. No, no, no. Just, just, just be like Jesus. Just be like Jesus. Just stand, just stand and reflect his glory. Once you reflect his glory, all things will align. Just stand and reflect his glory. Once you reflect his glory, there is no more struggle. Hallelujah. Somebody say, Lord, show me your glory. Oh, say like you mean it. Say, Lord, show me your glory. Did you receive it today? Let's give Jesus a better praise. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah.